Is God really in control? Do you ask yourself that question? In a quiet moment alone, do you wonder, is God really in control of my life when this happens, whatever this may be? When we look at what's taking place in our country, when we look at what is playing out in terms of the election, do you not find yourself wondering, is God really orchestrating this? Is he really controlling this? Is God really sovereign? Now, we can be honest and at times say, Lord, have you lost your grip on me in my life, my family, my marriage, my, my business? Lord, have you lost your grip when it comes to the United States of America? We can be honest with God about our concerns. And when we face difficult times, personally, it's natural to, to wonder, you know, Lord, why did you allow this? I think of a, a service that I watched. It was almost two hours in length. It was pretty amazing because it was to honor, to celebrate the life of a young wife and a young mother, a mother who was leaving behind three sweet little girls, very young, and a, a husband who loved her dearly. And to, to look at this and to see this terrible situation and the emptiness that's there because this dear woman who loved the Savior, who, who lived out her faith with distinction, who ministered to a lot of people even in the course of dealing with the breast cancer and it, that eventually took her life. But you sit there watching this and celebrating her life and thinking what an incredible person and, and why though did the Lord allow this young woman to come home to heaven? when her husband and her little girls desperately need her. There are plenty of times we don't understand why God allows things. And we are living in a day in which things are in such turmoil that it is difficult to be confident at times as to whether or not God is really maintaining his grip on our lives, his grip on America. With the riots in our country, is God really in control we see the racial tension that exists, the hostilities in the political arena. So let's be honest. At times, don't we wonder, is God really in control? And that's why we need to look to the Word of God. Now, one of the things we need to do, by the way, when we look to the Word of God, and that is to understand that God's already told us the future. He's already given us kind of the heads up that at some point in the history of our world, there is coming a time in which a lot of very difficult things, bad things, traumatic things are going to take place. And so he's told us. He has laid it out. He's going to allow these things to happen. In fact, in some cases, he's going to cause these things to happen. And so that's why we need to know what the Word of God says about the future, because God has told us in advance. He's in control, and yet he's going to allow these things. And then we need to really look into the Word of God and see that He's in control, that the Word of God reinforces this reality. If you go to Ephesians chapter 1, it says, In Him we have obtained an inheritance. And you know what? It's an incredible inheritance. Those of us who have trusted in Him, do you understand what we eventually receive because of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Savior? Not to mention the fact that even right now we experience the forgiveness of our sins. But yet we have an inheritance in the future along with our Savior. In Him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined, God has laid this out. Nothing's going to surprise Him. According to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. God is working all 
things, everything. There's not one detail that passes him by. He works all things according to what? The counsel of his will. He has a plan, and he's going to accomplish his plan. He's laid it out in his word, and he's going to work everything, including even the political insanity of our day, according to the counsel of his will. God is in control. He is sovereign. Divine providence is a reality, and he is going to accomplish his plan. Now, part of the plan, by the way, allows for a lot of things that are extremely difficult, even for believers. And that is something we, we need to understand and be willing to trust him in the midst of the difficult things that we will face uh, in terms of even the way things may play out in our country, but certainly in our personal lives. We need to get to the point where we can trust him more and more each and every day and trust in his divine providence, trust in his sovereignty. Now, in Colossians chapter 1, we also read this, beginning with verse 16. For by him, it's a reference to Jesus Christ, by the way. For by him, the Lord Jesus Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. In other words, everything would uh, just kind of pass by the wayside. It would be over if he weren't holding things together even now. The things that he created. And he is the head of the body the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. And you know what? He needs to be preeminent. Preeminent in our lives. Preeminent in all that we do. He's got to be at the forefront. I mean, what a great statement, by the way, the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the creator God. He made heaven. He made earth. He made things that are visible and things that are invisible. He made thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities. We're talking about the angelic realm. He made all the angels. He made those that eventually rebelled against him, a third of the angels that followed Satan. He made them, and he is Lord over them. And he's also the head of the body, the church. And so he's holding it together even at this moment. Then we look in the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. He is, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ again, the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Now, radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. Why? Because he is God. We can't fully comprehend it by any means, but there is one God who exists in three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he's the exact imprint of his nature. He is fully God. God who took on humanity to identify with us that he might go the way of the cross to die for us. And that's the gospel. That's the good news. But notice what it says in light of God's providence, God's sovereignty. He upholds the universe. That includes you, and that includes me, and includes America, and includes our earth. 
It includes the stars, the constellations. He upholds the entire universe. How does he do it? By the word of his power. He just has to say a word. One word from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all it takes. And we are totally, completely dependent upon him. Do you realize that? The longer I live, the more I realize how fragile is my existence. Dependent I am upon the Lord each and every moment of each and every day. Have you reached that point in your life? It's a good place to be because that's reality. There's a great verse in Daniel chapter 5 that demonstrates how far our dependency goes in terms of our God. And Daniel is rebuking those in Babylon who have gone against the Lord of heaven. And they have taken vessels from the temple. They brought them back to Babylon. And they are being rebuked. And Daniel writes this, And you have praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or know. In other words, these inanimate objects have become the focus of your attention. They are preeminent in your life. But Daniel starts to talk about the God that can be known. But the God in whose hand is your breath. That's how far our dependence goes. It goes all the way down to the next breath. You can't take your next breath. I can't take my next breath apart from the Lord Jesus Christ holding it all together allowing us to take that breath. And here, as Daniel was rebuking those who were the magistrates in ancient Babylon, is saying to them that your next breath, the God who lives, it's in his hands. And then he says, and whose are all your ways you have not honored. You haven't honored the God that allows you to breathe. You haven't honored the God whose ways, who, who controls your future, controls your life. You have not honored him. And one more passage I have time for, and that is in Genesis chapter 45. Now, in Genesis chapter 45, we're going to see that Joseph came to the realization that despite what was going on in his life, God was really in control. And so when we think of Joseph, we remember the trials that he faced, uh, beginning with his brothers throwing him in the pit and essentially leaving him for dead. But eventually, Joseph, of course, made his way to Egypt. He made his way into the hierarchy of Egypt. And, and then his brothers come out of desperation. And eventually, Joseph's going to reveal who he is. And his brothers, when they find out, they're just absolutely shot through with fear. Why? Because of what they had done to Joseph. Now, listen to what Joseph says to them. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And as they came near, and he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into slavery. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. Now at this point, where's the bitterness? Where's the hostility? Instead, Joseph knew that God's in control, because then he goes on and he says this, because you sold me here, for God sent me before you to preserve life. In other words, even with all that was done to him, 
Joseph could see the providence, the sovereignty, the control of God over his life, and that God took that terrible situation that existed and the trials that came even after that, and he used it to preserve life in Egypt. God is in control. He hasn't lost his grip on your life or my life, and he hasn't lost his grip on America. Let's, when we see things playing out, let's remind ourselves, God is still in control.